You're listening to Intellectual Erection, a place where we talk about the naughty. Oh, to stimulate your thinking. You're listening. You're listening to Intellectual Erection. Intellectual, intellectual, intellectual Erection. Welcome back to Intellectual Erection with your host Patrick. So I got some exciting news before we start today's episode. Intellectual Erection is now available on a bunch of different podcast apps. And websites that it wasn't on before, oddly. So uh, if you've been listening on iTunes or what's now called Apple Podcasts or uh, directly on SoundCloud and you'd prefer a different podcast app, well, now you can search Intellectual Erection and it'll probably be there. It's now even on Spotify, which is really cool. It's on Google Play Music. It's on Podbean, Blueberry, Double Twist. Stitcher, Podcast Blaster, Radio Public, Listen Notes, TuneIn, Acast, Audio-Podcast.fm, and many more. So if you haven't had it on your favorite podcast app and you've been struggling to listen to it, uh, now it's just become a whole lot easier. No more excuses. Listen in. And remember to always like, subscribe, review, all those things, add to Instagram, intellectual underscore erection, but most of all, enjoy. And thank you so much for all the support so far. Uh, I love the commentary and the feedback, and glad to know that uh, we're making sex positivity a little more visible. It's reaching out to people, and it's actually meaningful. Thank you for all the support. Enjoy. I'm sitting here today with... Cecilia Morrell. Oh, look at that. I like how you, how you piped in there. That was good. Um, okay. So uh, I always like to get a little bit of a, an introduction okay. with uh, whom I'm sitting. So why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell our perky listeners uh, what you do. Okay, everyone. So hi there. I'm Cecilia Morrell. I am a cam model, porn actress, and event hostess at Oasis Aqua Lounge, Toronto, Ontario. I work briefly with Naked News, um, part-time, and nude model. Okay, so a lot of sex positivity in that, uh, in that chunk there, I like that. Uh, you came in today and you were telling me, where did you come from today? So earlier today, my partner and I were filming with J Rodica or Erotica Grown for our many vids and Pornhub channels. <laughs> so you woke up this morning and you're like, okay, I got to go shoot some porn. Absolutely. And then I'm going to go on this podcast. Yeah. And uh, looking over here at uh, Cece or Cecilia, how, what do you prefer? I'm a fan of Cecilia. Cecilia? It sounds more mature. More... Absolutely. Okay. Cecilia has sex hair. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Came in here straight after banging on camera, yeah. which I got to ask you, what is that like? It's interesting um, because a part of it is almost like just what you would do at home. You know, um, eventually, as you do it more often, you get used to tuning out the camera or the camera people or the audience. Mm -hmm. um, recently, my partner and I, um, we did a porn live at Oasis Aqua Lounge and so there had, had to be maybe 30 people in the room at the time while we're filming Wow! all looking at us and I think with experience you get the ability to tune something like that out and so then it just becomes your partner and yourself and wow yeah I, I don't know I, I, I imagine it's a lot of pressure uh, having that many people looking at you I mean I could see in the uh in a situation where you're being filmed in a room with like maybe one or two people yeah but i think in a crowd of like 30 i mean i've been to oasis yeah. and the the spectator i've uh i've tried that myself but it just doesn't work for me if you know what i mean and it's not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea i feel like doing something like that really caters to a, an exhibitionist side yeah and some people have it some people partially have it where it's more applicable to certain situations mm -hmm. and some people just can't get with it 
they're yeah. more of a behind closed doors or at home yeah it's like you're, like for me it's like my mind enjoys it but my body doesn't want to cooperate because it's just like it's the performance anxiety right yeah it's like if and it's weird because um i think stage fright is is one of the biggest phobias in north america but it's mostly for public speaking so yeah. i don't know how that works if if it's applied the same for uh, other sorts of performances that don't involve so much talking well it's almost a societal construct too where mm. we've been kind of brought up with this idea that sex is to be something very private um for a long time it wasn't something that was even discussed out yeah. in the open so with the new day and age of sex positive sex positivity, positivity yeah. being more out in the open and something that's talked about i think it's almost a new phenomenon right so like when you go to the zoo right and you see animals they don't mind yeah like the baboons will go at it and and it's just nature yeah and they don't mind it's like it's just like another activity either i'm like picking your hair and eating what i find or i'm you know having a quick uh, bang yeah i was gonna say shag but i don't feel british enough for that <laughs> Like, I like it when other people say shag, but I don't think I can get away with it. I think you need the accent for shag. Okay. So, one of the things that you do is porn. Yeah. And how long have you been doing that? So, I had originally started with solo content. Mm -hmm. um, it's very similar to camming, except everything is pre-recorded and then uploaded for sale or for views. Um, so to do porn with a partner, that's something new for me that I started, I want to say a month or two ago. Oh, so, so it's, it's a very new thing. It's nice fresh and, fresh and new. Okay. So before, uh, before you started doing um, uh, partnered porn, uh, where, uh, where can people find you for your porn? Many vids and Pornhub. And what are they looking for? So if you type in the Kaleidos, that's the name that my partner and I have gone with, you that's, can find that's us. That's easy to remember and spell. Well, Kaleido, <laughs> like a kaleidoscope. Uh-huh. So yeah. like Kaleidos with an S, it's plural. Yeah. Okay. So the Kaleidos. Yeah. If you guys want to find some sexy, fresh-faced porn actors. Yeah. Okay. And before this, you were doing... Are you still doing camming? I am. Okay. I am. On uh, MFC? On MFC and Chatterbait. Oh. So if you're looking for just me, I'm on MFC. Um, if you're looking for my partner and I, you can find Chatterbait. us on Chatterbait. Okay, yeah. I know I know. Chatterbait allows a lot more than MFC. Um, MFC is very specific to like just women. Chatterbait is a little bit more inclusive yeah. as they have categories for couples, single mm -hmm. men, trans-identified folks, non-binary. Yeah. I, I prefer Chatterbait. I mean, I back in the day I used to visit MFC, yeah. and MFC was great for a while. And then I came across Chatterbait, and I'm like, oh, bye MFC. Sorry MFC. Still like you, but you yeah. know, uh, I like my variety. So, cam modeling yeah. to porn together, still working it, yeah. and the other thing you do is work at. I work at Naked News. At Naked News. Naked News. I have not seen you on Naked News. I mean, not like I watch Naked News. I don't even know. Where, where does one watch Naked News? So you'd have to go to Naked News' website, um, sign up for a subscription. Oh, and okay. they do weekly, daily programming. So I've, I've ran into Naked News folks on the street downtown. Yep. Which was interesting. They're often at a lot of <coughs> events, like the uh, Everything to Do with Sex show. You'll mm. find them. Um we had some Naked News girls before I started working there attend the Cherry Beach nude picnic that we did with Oasis Aqua Lounge. Oh, I missed that one. I wanted to be there. That one was it. very interesting. The Naked News folks came out and they uh, did a segment on that. Ooh. That was very fun. We were all exercising our ability to be nude, topless, and just be positive. Not necessarily about our sexuality, but about our bodies in general mm -hmm. and that was a great experience that must have been fun I'm, I'm sad i missed that i only made it out to the um what was it the the naked bike ride this last year that was fun as well <laughs> that was good i saw some pictures online uh that were pretty interesting right around dundas square there's a picture of my bum very cool mm -hmm. so we got uh okay 
We got cam modeling, porn, naked news, and finally, yep. working at working at Oasis Aquilounge. Ah, there we go. Yeah. What do you do for Oasis? So right now, I event host. Um, I do some social me- social media marketing for the club. Mm-hmm. Um, some of their Instagram and Twitter channels. And then as well, um, I'm currently working on some merchandise design. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So like uh, uh, clothing or? Yep. Nice, nice. Right now I'm working on some cute little undies, which actually go live oh. tonight at midnight on the website there. So. Are they specific for anything like the undies or? I'm working on some underwear that tie into some of the Oasis events, uh-huh. like SAS After Class, which Ooh. is a Student Monday event. Mm-hmm. Um, some After Dark underwear, which is our fetish night. night. Yeah. Um, but right now we have a very, um, I don't want to say basic, that's not the word for it, but uh, goes plain. with anything. Okay. Yeah. So you have some plain stuff so yeah. far. I've seen some of the t-shirts, bathing suits hats and things yeah but now you're getting like specific yeah. uh event related panties yeah will they be used or new they will be new <laughs> i think i think an idea for oasis is actually making some used panties um i don't know that could be a thing i know in japan this works yeah. so they uh they put used panties in these little capsules yeah. and you get them in vending machines and you know those little those new Polaroids that came out the um, yes. uh, the Fuji Instax, yes. right? So there's like a little picture of the the model wearing the undies. That's amazing. In the Instax, and it comes in the capsule, so you get a picture of of the the person who wore the undies, and you get the undies, the soiled, worn. Well, I whatever. might have to take that idea and put it on my ManyVid store and start selling capsules right? with Polaroids and panties. Use panties. Yeah. You just gotta go grab like a box full of panties online that are cheap yeah right and then just start wearing them out go for jogs oh my god a panty after a jog yeah nice or after oh my god you know it'd be hot after you guys shoot a porn video i'll like sell the outfit that i wore in the porn. yeah yeah so you can get like you can have your partner like slide the panties sideways yeah you know have some sex take them off and then boom those panties go online go for auction maybe yeah look at these ideas oh my god this is wonderful good (laughs) brainstorming right i'm sure there's a lot of like nice pervy folk out there who would love some used panties from their favorite fresh-faced porn actors all right. I think that'd be great. Porn panties. Porn panties. <laughs> that's the way we're going for it. Okay, great. So that's what you do. Yeah. So you're all around, very sex positive. Um, and now the, the question, we're going to be digging a little deep. Oh. Where did this all come from? So. Madame Morel. In all honesty, um, I had been looking into Oasis even before I was 19. I was a little 18-year-old small bean, Cecilia. Small bean. (laughs) (laughs) And I was online, and I was doing Instagram before this side of my career. Mm -hmm. So I was doing makeup tutorials. Um, I was doing promotional modeling for like small businesses where they'd send me a sweater or something, and I would take some photos in it and pop it on Instagram. And as you're doing stuff like that as you're on the internet more you start to see stuff like um the very pretty lolita rope bondage art mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. where you have the models with all the pretty rope ties and i was very into that at first and i started kind of learning more about bdsm and kink as a whole and i'd found oasis actually on instagram and i went to their site and i checked it out and i kind of read some google reviews and so for my 19th birthday, my first bar, my first legal drink was at Oasis. Wow. I begged my partner to take me and we went and that was how I rang in being 19. I think you and Ace have that same story sort of in common. Yeah. Uh, so I interviewed Ace as well, if everybody remembers. Ace Allure and... Um, it was the same situation. Yeah. Both you and Ace, who work at Oasis, um, both young. Yeah. Uh, I think. Are you both littles? Would yes. you? Yes? yes. Okay. Okay. I, I figured that much because I've heard, I've, I've seen and heard a few things. We could talk about that. Yeah. I'm really curious. I want to know more from your side. Um, 
So both of you, very early, very young, very interested. Yeah. As soon as you turn 19, boom, Oasis, let's go. Yeah. Which is great to hear, really interesting. Yeah. Is there something though earlier on in your life? Was there a moment where I always I always love to ask this yeah. is if there was a moment really early on like when you just started feeling your sexuality for the first time, was there a point um where maybe you realized that you're into something a little bit different than most people? Like I grew up, you know, in my teen years, I was dating some really immature guys. Mm-hmm. And I had this philosophy or this idea in my head that if I dated older men, that I would be dealing with more maturity, which is not true. <laughs> Huge disappointment. Can confirm. By the way. Um, but I think when I was younger, I ended up having this teacher who would always, you know, try to sneak in like some politics into our English lesson was always giving us like oh like did you guys read the paper let's talk about current events let's Mm. talk about just really interesting things and i think my whole ddlg um interest came from being sort of sapiosexual where i wanted someone to feed me intelligence or you know spark my brain with some very interesting conversation Mm -hmm. so for me being a little is more about dating someone who can give me wisdom or you know spark my brain a little bit more than the whole you know typical daddy issues Mm -hmm. idea okay um there is a more uh, a a term that's better right now so there, i don't know if you're aware there's a, there's a little bit of uh, controversy around the term sapiosexual okay uh because it focuses specifically on this idea of uh, of intelligence so it's got a, a little bit of an ableist nuance it's saying that like people who would score lower on an iq scale or who aren't as apt intellectually would be less attractive so there's a whole thing about it but there there is another uh, term i forget what it's called and it's supposed to be a little bit more inclusive that sh- uh, that takes into consideration the way that a person thinks as opposed to like the common standard um, understanding of intelligence. All right, hold up. Fact check time. I'm going to stop and do something new. I'm going to actually use my fact checking skills to inform y'all because it's better to do that than not. So we're talking here about the uh, problematic of... Uh, the word sapiosexual, which uh, arguably was intended to mean something uh, along the lines of enjoying or having a sexual attraction to people solely based on their uh, intelligence. And there's been a lot of backlash about that being an an ableist uh, conception. And um, I came across something a while ago that I found informative, uh, a different word instead of sapiosexual. the word that I came across is called noetisexual. comes from noetic, which uh, deals with the metaphysics of the mind. Um, so noetisexual was actually um, coined by uh, a person who uh, goes by the name of, and I'm hoping to, to, to pronounce this right, Michon Neal. Um, I provided the link in the, uh, in the description uh, of the audio, but basically nobody sexual is supposed to encompass more than just that aspect of intelligence that we typically associate with IQ, education, and all sorts of things that come with the privilege of, of being uh, born without any cognitive issues or uh, without access to education. So nobody sexual's description from the horse's mouth, so to speak, is it's a mental attraction rather than a purely intellectual one. It's loving the shape of their mental landscape and wanting to explore it. It's falling in love with the way they think, their unique mental makeup. It's loving their creativity, their ingenuity, their silliness, their humor, their emotional intelligence, the way they use words and the way they make mental space for you in their minds and more. I'm not the expert on this. I don't know if this discussion ends the debate. However, this is the information I've dug up. If you have something to say, email me at intellectualerection at gmail.com. Let me know. Or uh, on uh, Instagram, 
at intellectual underscore erection. Let me know what you think of noetisexual versus the sapiosexual debate. And back to the interview. And that's what I believe as well. Like, it doesn't matter how you did in school or what your IQ averages. I think it's more about, you know, things like life experience or, you know, intelligence that necessarily isn't yours typical you know mathematic or scientific or yeah so that that's that's exactly what this this term is supposed to to capture is like i like the way that you think i like the framework of your mind yeah so like that's and that and i agree with that too i think that for a lot of us uh a big turn on is that a way that a person presents themselves their stories the way they think about things like i find i find that level of attraction to people all the time it's like when somebody says something really uh, in their own way like they have their way of expressing something it, it gives me like those little butterflies it's breathtaking yeah and yeah. it's it's not always like a, a sexual attraction like I have um, a lot of platonic friends yeah. right and they'll say things in these like little ways that I love about them and it's just like it's an immediate like it, it, it brings me joy absolutely so I understand what you're talking about so you had that you had that kind of experience with this prof definitely. or the teacher definitely okay so he brought this like ooh you know, and that kind of piqued you, uh, your interest into DDLG. I think so. Mm. I think the two are very related, you know, looking okay. for someone that's a little bit, well, being a little to me anyway, is looking for someone that I can almost get mentorship from. Mm-hmm. So consensual sort of mentorship is important to you. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I also know that, um, a lot of the DDLG community uh, is very adamant about it being uh, more than role play. Absolutely. Right. So a lot of the DDLG community, what I hear from them is it's a, it's our life, it's our lifestyle, it's our identity, right? Yeah. Because a lot because of something like Fifty Shades of Grey, a lot of people started throwing around the word daddy and yeah. using it in role play and whatnot. And some of the DDLG community is not, you know, super excited about that. Yeah. And they'd probably prefer you use something like Dom or Sarah or whatever it is that shows more of a role play rather than a lifestyle is is lifestyle the right word do you think i would say so yeah so for you is it uh do you live it is it your your is it well for me in my professional life i'm very much the boss of myself and i'm very fortunate to have a nine to five and part-time gigs that are very involved in the lifestyle that Mm -hmm. are very sex positive and body positive um so i'm always kind of managing my time i'm doing all of my own marketing via the web Um, I'm doing all my own booking and scheduling so I'm very much on the go on the go and I'm always kind of in charge of what I'm doing Um, so for me to take a day to just be like I don't want to be in charge anymore Mm -hmm. or even with interactions with my partner for me to just be like take the reins do as you will you know right right it's very much a relief to me which kind of enhances the gratification mm-hmm. so uh part of your um identity as being a little is 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 sort of being able to um let somebody else fill in that nurturing for you and and absolutely yeah and help you unwind relax yeah be pampered a little bit yeah. do, you, do you get bratty Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I even uh, I went ahead and got myself a little name tag that says Brad on it. Oh my god! <laughs> got my partner a little name tag that says Daddy on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, what does Daddy do when you get bratty? Normally, it's uh, it's spanks, <laughs> or I don't get what I want. You know, oh, if that... I want pizza at midnight, I'm not going to get that pizza if I have an attitude. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's part of the uh, mentorship and training, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Discipline is a key thing in so the lifestyle. Is there a uh, uh, when when did this? Uh, okay, so you said that back in, I guess, grade school or high school, you had this yeah, teacher. High school. High school. Uh, how long after that did you were you able to engage in your first sort of? Um, ddlg relationship my first ddlg ddlg relationship um i had just turned 18 um i had a partner that was around 22 Uh um so significantly older um 
much more mature mindset. Um, and he was actually kind of the one that introduced me to the whole dom sub dynamic. Right. Um, and it wasn't DDLG at first. Um, it was very your traditional just dom sub. There was no daddy dom dynamics there. Mm -hmm. Um, but there were things that are important like aftercare, um, and things that you can also find in DDLG relationships. And it wasn't until I was about 19 um, and I had met my first lifestyle partner and we went to Oasis. Um, he was 33 Ooh. and I was 19, so significant age gap. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he actually kind of introduced me to DDLG with the more pampering side, mm. you know, he would take me shopping and he would run me beautiful bubble baths. Um, just little things like that that weren't in my original dom-sub relationship. I started right. to realize, okay, I, I like this. I like the idea <laughs> of someone kind of spoiling me a bit, um, which is a big thing in DDLG. Um, whether that spoiling be financially or emotionally or physically, um, it's a key thing, I think, within that dynamic. Right, yep. And I, I, I learned this uh, as well. Um, I always like to say that for anybody interested in DDLG, if you're the uh, daddy dom, don't go into it for the sex because it's not what if you, sorry, let me rephrase that. If you're going into it just for the sex, uh, <laughs> you're not in the right dynamic. You're not in the right dynamic because it's a lot of responsibility taking care of a little. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it right, you might be um, a little in over your head. Yeah, at best you'll be out of that relationship quickly. At worst, you'll do some damage to somebody uh, who is your little, uh, or even yourself. Yeah, definitely yourself. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because when you have somebody that's invested in you as a little and uh, showers you with uh, with affection, looks up to you, uh, is dependent on you and you get that kind of love from them it can be very very powerful very seductive yeah. and if it's taken away because you're not responsible you're not prepared you didn't want this uh the after effect of that can be very very difficult to deal with uh been there myself and i can tell you that it's not easy uh to try to find something similar because that that kind of affection and love does not come around very easily from from other types of dynamics i think it's very important as a daddy dom to make sure that although you may be fulfilling your air quote duties um mm, as a daddy duties. dom um you need to make sure that your partner is also kind of taking care of you mm -hmm. you know you, you got to have that communication and those check-ins are you doing okay you know mm -hmm. how was your day do you want to talk about something it's a two-way street um sure there may be a lot more on the daddy dom side mm -hmm. but there still has to be that equal input output between yeah. both parties yeah. Yeah. well the way the power dynamic is set up is that you're you negotiate a sort of contract whether it's verbal or even if it's written down some people do that yeah. um that your, your exchange of power is going to be in an imbalance and that's the erotic side of DDLG and a lot of these power relationships is like that yeah. shift of power. So when the daddy dom um, is given that power or has negotiated that power with their little, then that power entails, as they always say in Marvel, great responsibility. It's true. Right? It's very true. But it's also it's also part of your responsibility to to make sure you're getting what you want out of the relationship. So that's why I say if you're if you're a daddy dom and you're out there looking for for sex with somebody who identifies as a little because you think it's you know sexy to to do age play uh, or whatever you're into, um, you know maybe you ought to try something different if that's your goal uh, and you don't want that level of responsibility. Yeah. Try role-playing some dom sub things you know try it on see if it works for you 
constantly, you know, don't be afraid to go back and edit your negotiated agreement. You know, if right. something isn't working, talk about it. Try something else. <clears throat> um, it takes couples, you know, a while. Even if you're a very experienced dom, even if you're a very experienced sub, every partner that you're going to have, it's going to take a while to figure out what do I like? What am I comfortable with? What am I not a fan of within your own dynamic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because you'll have um, naturally different relationships with everyone that you're with. Yeah. Um, have your DDLG experiences been primarily good nurturing i actually i can't i don't have too many complaints um that's good pretty good yeah for the most part um it is a lot of learning though you will learn you know here are my boundaries you know just hmm. stuff like that um i think you know you could go into it and you can have all these ideas like oh yeah like i'm really into getting spanked with you know paddles and then maybe you go and you do it and you're like you know what i'm maybe not a stingy impact person i like more 30 yeah yeah exactly absolutely. so you can go into it with all these ideas of what you want and wind up with something completely different that makes you just as happy yeah well absolutely that's the that's the whole exploration of this playground in, in sex positivity yeah. is is trying some of these things out so with that yeah. ha uh, have you have you found any other things that kind of pertain to your identity other than DDLG within uh, sex positivity? Um, examples, uh, are you and your partner polyamorous, monogamous, monogamish? So I have had some polyamorous relationships mm -hmm. um, and in those dynamics they worked well. Um, the partner that I had that was significantly older than myself um we were poly and we would go to oasis before i worked there and we would you know hang out with other couples we would play with other couples um we would have threesomes we were very open um right. we were each other's primary partner but we also had that leeway to you know benefit from different things from other people now in my relationship currently with my partner who does porn with me hashtag mm -hmm. the kaleidos um <laughs> nice we are strictly monogamous okay and that's just something that works well for us okay um because we feel like we're getting enough from each other that we don't really need anything from anyone else on a romantic or physical level okay so it's very interesting because I know for most people it's hard to enjoy both. Some people are just one or the other and that's the way that it is. Um, but I feel like in different scenarios, different things work. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of my guests that I've spoken to that um, identify as some sort of poly uh, usually had monogamous relationships in the past. Yeah. Uh, they weren't fulfilling. Uh, maybe they were married, divorced, like me. And uh, then found polyamory to be uh, liberating yeah. uh, in a way that allowed them to exercise their needs yeah. uh, and find fulfillment. So it's interesting to have somebody that's been uh, kind of on the other way around. Yeah. So you've tried other types of relationships. I assume you've been monogamous in the past, polyamorous, yeah. uh, maybe open relationships you've yeah. had. I don't know. Uh, and now you've found somebody that you want to engage with monogamously. Yeah. Which is really good because um, part of the spiel that we that I've given on this on this podcast with a lot of the people that have been on the podcast talking about polyamory is uh, not that there's anything inherently wrong with monogamy, right? And I've made a point of saying that over and over and over again. It has its issues. It, of course, but yeah. I think primarily one of the issues is that people fall into it with a, uh, a preordained script that they haven't really assess for themselves yeah. it's not like they've thought about it and said you know this is why this works for me and this is why i want it so uh i'm happy to hear that you've tried different things and come to monogamy as a choice not as a default at yeah. this point so it's like yeah i've thought about it i've tried different things i've assessed the script and this is what i want to do with this person yeah so that uh coming at it from that angle is you know it, i think it's it's really good because you're getting to, um, what's the word that I keep looking for right now? That's not coming to me. 
you're going to yeah you get to be reflexive about absolutely about the uh the type of relationship that you want and why you want it that way my mother is a very christian woman very old school she's getting up there she's in her late 50s you know (laughs) um she came up to me one day and she's like can you believe what these people are doing they're you know they're sleeping around they have multiple partners it's like that is that is so not how i grew up but you know there's a lot of um there's an idea that polyamory is like this new thing right when in all actuality this is what people did hundreds of years ago it's not some new thing and it's not you know strange it's actually when you look at it it's very natural um of course you know not one person can't give you everything that you're looking for out of life Mm -hmm. you know that's why we have multiple friends that's that's exactly how i like to see it i have one friend that you know we hang out we drink wine together i have another friend that helps me design websites you know Mm -hmm. people specialize in different things whether it be you know in their career aspects um so why can't there be people who specialize in different parts of relationships exactly maybe you have a partner that you love doing all the sensual cuddly warm things with and then you know you go hang out at a sex club and enjoy the kinky sides of yourself with another partner it it makes sense yeah and it's i mean that's that's the way i've always uh uh, talked about it on the on the show here is my version of polyamory is exactly like friendship yeah like i want to have multiple friends some of them are close friends some of them are best friends some of them are acquaintances but i want them in my life because they exercise parts of me that i don't want to put the burden of responsibility on one person for yeah you know and it's not fair and I've been in a position of having to be somebody's all and everything. Yeah. And it's frustrating because you can't live up to it. It's an no. impossible it's an impossible task, I think. At least yeah. for me and in my experience. <clears throat> no one can be one hundred percent one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So there's um so that's you have the DVLG. Yeah. Um, you've had various types of relationships. Currently monogamous. Yeah. Uh, and is there anything else in in this uh, sex positive world that that you identify with? Maybe in the kink fetish communities. Um, I feel like my submissive side kind of ties into DVLG. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much exploring my exhibitionism. Yeah. Yeah. Whether that <laughs> say be so. <laughs> whether that be you know hosting on naked news or nude modeling lingerie modeling um camming doing porn um i'm very much exploring this idea that i can be comfortable in my skin and comfortable being in my skin in front of the world what does that feel like well it's exciting Mm -hmm. you know i have moments where i'm very proud of what i do and then I'm like, I should call my mom. And then I'm like, I should definitely not call my mom. Um, <laughs> Amen. You know, it's a different type of pride. Um, I grew up, you know, in high school. I was a very shy person. I was very shy about myself. Um, I was always that kid that would wear like very non-fitting clothing because the idea of a man finding me attractive was something that I wasn't looking for hmm. I would rather look like a big blob of sweats and track pants than you know be wearing something that accentuated my curves and that was something that I dealt with for a really long time um, was, was that because you you weren't happy with your body or was it because you didn't want to attract attention to it a little bit of both yeah I really just wanted to kind of hide in the shadows i never wanted to be the person that stood out and that's very interesting because now in my life i'm very comfortable mm-hmm. being like hi i'm cecilia like nice to meet you yeah and um so i have moments where it's a complete 180 um so i'm very excited to be exploring that and to be kind of a lot more positive and a lot more out there 
Does the does the part of the excitement from exhibitionism come in the moment when it's happening, or uh, is it does it happen a little bit more afterwards? I'm just trying to assess this. I have a reason why I'm thinking this way. I just yeah. wanted to, to see your perspective. Sometimes when I am in the moment, I'm a little bit nervous. Uh-huh. And then I look back later and I'm like, wow, I did that. Like, yeah, yeah. go me. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I think that's the best way to kind of explain it. Um, I do have moments sometimes where I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. Like... Mm-hmm. I am doing this. Like um, you're in it, in the moment. Yeah, but I still have those moments where I'm like, wow, I'm I'm doing this. And it's a little bit more nerves then. Yeah, that's that's why I ask, because I feel the same. Like, I, I, it's hard for me to be in the moment, yeah. uh, especially when something really exciting is happening. So for me, most of the excitement of doing anything at all uh, is in the aftermath, is when I get to be nostalgic about it. Like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Right? That's that's kind of my reward for, for the risk because that's what it is for me. I feel like a sense of risk. I'm putting myself out there. Absolutely. And, and when it pays off, at the end, I get to enjoy the spoils of that. Yeah. But in it, I'm just like a mess of anxiety and like weird things. And it's hard for me to just be present. And yeah. I don't know. That's why I asked. I wanted to see if it was the same. And I didn't want to plug that kind of information into your answer before you answered. Um, I Definitely. It's very similar. Mm. Very similar. And I feel like this is a common thing. There are lots of people that maybe haven't explored this lifestyle <clears throat> yet that feel very similar to that right and uh a part of me and a part of what i do really wants to show people that you can do this and feel this good about it Mm -hmm. you know there's often so much stigma behind like oh she does porn you know um it's sex work being positive about your body and yourself um you know wearing anything that shows skin it's still there's still people that are kind of like up in the air about it um but I ended up having someone message me on Facebook and be like, I saw your porn and it was beautiful and you made me feel great. And I felt like I'm discovering how beautiful sex can be. Ooh. And that was really so interesting to receive. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that, you know, people are getting this sort of reaction from what we all do, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would want to know, you said something just a few moments ago, um, which got me thinking, like, why do you do this? And I think you partially answered it, but... Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a very small town, I won't name drop, um, <laughs> but the idea of being anything other than straight or cis uh-huh. was extremely frowned upon. Right, right. I had friends in high school that were females and that came out as lesbian that mm. got beat up by <clears throat> cis boys. Yeah. Um, I had a friend growing up. I was working like at Tim Hortons. It was like some part-time job while I was in high school. And he came out as trans. And there was a period of time where he had to leave out the back door hmm. because it wasn't safe. Like... Wow. Yeah. I come from a very, like, not positive community around orientation or sex work or anything like that. Um, and I almost want to be out there enough that it just becomes normal. And people yeah. that, you know, I grew up with or people that are still, you know, living in that sort of turmoil within their community can right. feel like there's more out there and they don't have to feel like that small community that they're in is the world. So what, what I'm hearing in your answer is that the reason you do this is because you're just trying to be yourself and yeah. you're trying to have other people realize that it's okay to be yourself. Absolutely. Which is which makes a lot of sense because, I mean, a lot of people who aren't familiar with... with um, sex positivity might ask a bunch of burdening questions like why would you do this why not keep it private why not blah 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 uh you know because it's part of yourself it's who you are it's what you want to be and you want to be you know treated as a normal human for the things that you want to be whether it's your identity or sexuality and the way that you express these things um 
and that's that is you know that's something that we're still working towards because unfortunately like you said acceptance is not necessarily something that's uh that's big anywhere but especially in you know smaller towns i mean we're we're lucky in toronto i think yeah. we get you know because we're big city multicultural it was definitely a culture shock for me yeah um i started working here first before i moved here and <clears throat> i loved being here so much that i did a two-hour commute one way just to work four hours so i traveled four hours to work four hours a night wow. i got home at 2 a.m i woke up at six and went to my day job um but it was so almost refreshing to know that like people live like this yeah there's a space where you can be yourself yeah yeah um and we have you know like the village downtown toronto right um there's no way on earth that we would have something like that you know up north um so that was just really cool that was really awesome to me wow yeah well, that's really good. I mean, that's that's the the point of doing all this, and that's the point of this podcast too, is is to bring that visibility, open up a platform, yeah. uh, where people can can talk about these things and and be open and be who they are, and stop stigmatizing everyone for the things that they want to be. Yeah. So you're right now, you, you know, are, what are what are some of the other things that you want to do? Because I mean, you're doing so much already with four different sorts of jobs or activities in in like the sex positive communities uh like you said you're always busy you're marketing yourself uh and what do you what would you want to do where do you want to go i originally when i was way younger i was like 17 i was really interested in makeup and i was doing all these makeup tutorials and that was kind of my thing and I went ahead and I purchased a business license and I registered a business name for a makeup company. And I was <laughs> nice. like, yeah, I'll do this in like 10, 15 years, but I'll purchase it now and I'll get it all set up now so that, you know, I'm still motivated to do it. Um, my whole idea behind that, um, I guess I should say that I have a sibling with low functioning autism. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing behind that was that I would set up this business and then I would use it to fund charity work. So my sibling has a service animal mm-hmm. and I realized, you know, in the process of my family getting this service animal that they're not really accessible. Um, my sibling's also nonverbal, so communicates through an iPad. Again, not very accessible to low-income families. Right, right, right. So I think it would be cool maybe in the future to set up, you know, something that gives back to the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Autism, Down syndrome are mostly my focuses. Right, right, right. um, But I would love to expand on that. Okay. So the future for Cecilia Morale. Big dreams, big dreams. Big dreams is to, (laughs) to help out through your business yeah. which could potentially involve makeup yeah and maybe about, that'll change <laughs> it could be could be a lot more porn yeah <laughs> who knows makeup for porn stars right yeah. makeup for porn stars absolutely yeah. sounds amazing um well before we go i want to know if you're interested in sharing a sexy story if you have one Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I've been asking. You don't have to, okay. but if you have one and you'd like to share it. If it's like seriously taboo, can we just cut it out? Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. <laughs> so uh, tell it in first person like you're there. Okay. That's the best way to tell a story. Like, I'm here doing this, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just met this guy and... At Oasis Aqua Lounge, we have an event called DTF, first mm-hmm. Tuesday of the month. It's the gangbang Down night. Down to fuck. Down to fuck Tuesdays, folks. Um, and I'd met this guy, and he had been, you know, friends with my coworker, and he offered us a ride home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm not feeling like taking the subway. Sure. Like, he seems really nice. Cool. And we had been hanging out, and we'd been chatting all night. And I was really, like, you know, digging him. I was, like, good personality, good vibes here. And we ended up dropping off uh, my coworker. 
he ended up not dropping me off we decided to drive to the school parking lot and we hooked up (laughs) (laughs) this guy is now my partner oh hello yeah amazing so um you skipped all the juicy details there okay (laughs) parking lots full drive into the middle of a soccer field or I don't know what sports they play there. I don't do sports by the way um <laughs> water sports no, oh no 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 water sports okay yeah um so I don't know what this field is but it's a field and the car it's the middle of the summer so it's hot and I don't know if you've ever been in a parked car with the engine off in the middle of the summer it's like sweat it's just sweat that's how i can describe it so we have all the doors open just open not the windows down just the doors open Mm -hmm. you know i'm like hanging out of the car this got crazy very fast Mm -hmm. we were just in the moment hot and heavy i'm like half hanging out of the vehicle um on my back i'm just getting like plowed okay I'm just getting plowed. I like the word plowed. We're just especially in a field. I'm getting plowed in a field. Literally. Um, Doors open in the school parking lot. There's like a highway right beside it. Like people could maybe if they tried hard enough see what was going on. And I was just like, I don't care. Mm. I don't care. Um, And it was definitely like one of the only times that I've ever had public sex. Mm Hmm. And by public, I don't mean, like, spectator sex night. I mean, like, you know... Out in the world. In the world. Yeah. In the world. In a public school field. At least it was in daytime. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Sex in a field at night. Yeah. I call it the field of dreams. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. That's it. (laughs) I'm done. I'm out of here. All right, Cecilia Morell. Thank you for uh, for coming. Patrick, thank you for having me. No problem. If you want to find uh, Cecilia Morell online, you can find her. So most of my social media handles are at Cecilia Morell. Um, the double R? Double R, double L. Okay, Cecilia Morell with a C. Yeah. If you don't know how to spell that, that's weird on you. <laughs> and um, if you want to check out more of my adult work porn um camming you can find the kaleidos that's the k-h-a-l-e-i-d-o-s and uh check us out on pornhub and many vids all right you're listening to intellectual erection a place where we talk about the naughty to stimulate your thinking i'm just getting like plowed <laughs>